We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Moneyball Minute. This is Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyball.com. You're joining me on Wednesday, April 6th. Thanks for starting your day with us. Let's get right to it. Uh, The first story I want to draw your attention to today was a really good piece by Tim Cato of The Athletic, formerly of MavsMoneyball.com. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Be sure to take a look. Luka Doncic challenged Giannis Antetokounmpo and showed why he'll soon be MVP, just not this season. Uh, Tim really gets into the nuts and bolts of just what why Luka is so special um, and uses clips throughout the Milwaukee game and really just does a great, great, great job. I, it's one of the best pieces Tim has has written all season with video analysis. I'm really glad he did this, even though I, I'm going to tease him about the fact that he put it out three days after the game. Um, after showing a couple of possessions, he says he understands why these possessions fail and why the salute, his solutions in this scheme aren't working in the fourth quarter. Dallas switches strategies. Attentacumpo's unique ability to guard two players at once requires him to start out on the opponent's corner shooters. Most teams leave him there because Attentacumpo guarding their best player seems like an even more foolish proposition. Even for Doncic, despite hitting the step back three against Attentacumpo the first time here in the switch, he knows he's not going to consistently score in isolation against Attentacumpo, but he's not trying to. This tweet summarizes his strategy well, and it's a tweet from Jason Tempf. He says, Luka is hunting Giannis. Not even to score, just to keep him attached to his hips so that those weak side corner threes have anybody not named Giannis closing out. This guy is a basketball genius. And Tim, you know, it's a long piece. It's well worth your time. And at the end, he explains why he doesn't think Luka is really in the MVP narrative. And it's for the basic fact that Luka's playing significantly better in 2022, more efficiently, harder. Uh, getting to the rim more. I know the counting stats in 2021 are the same, but the quality of basketball is different. And it's fine because, you know, Luca will get there uh, eventually. And I feel pretty confident about that after watching these last several games. 
Uh, the next piece I want to draw your attention to is on Mavs Moneyball. We did a NBA Power Rankings roundup, which we do every week. And I just think it's interesting to look at this from a um, kind of narrative point of view because I'm still of the opinion that people who cover the league nationally don't understand why Dallas is good. Uh, you know, for example, ESPN, they moved up from 8 to 7. Uh, in The Athletic, they moved from 7 to 5. Uh, in the NBA, they NBA's power rankings they actually moved from five to six, so they moved down. Uh, Bleacher Report still has them at six. Sports Illustrated still has them at six, and you know it's 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 splitting hairs when you get to the tops of these groups. Uh, but the Mavericks have beat a lot of these teams <laughs> and beaten them recently, so it's it's I think there's just still some disbelief and not trusting the kind of heliocentric Maverick ball because it's not worked out in the playoffs. And I don't think people want to invest too much of their stock in the Mavericks. Secondarily, there's just the fact that Dwight Powell seems to be the lone big that can do anything on offense. Um, the Mavericks are winning and it, there are still points in time when I think we all need to kind of admit this to ourselves where it doesn't really make a lot of sense that they're winning, but that's fine. Um, then, uh, Jordan Burdess also wrote another piece for Mavs Moneyball, Um, the Mavericks p- path to the playoff spot and he's looking at, you know, the Warriors schedule, the Mavericks schedule, the Nuggets schedule, and the Jazz schedule. The um, Jazz play uh, a little later tonight. Yeah, the Bla- the Jazz play the Grizzlies, uh, and they played them last night, and we'll cover that game here shortly. Um, then I wanted to, at least these pieces are, are going to be going up. Uh, probably a little later this morning after I'm done recording, but there's a number of things at Mavs Moneyball that I would like you to go take a look at, re- take a look and read. Matt Phillips wrote a really solid post on why the Mavericks are losing some of these fourth quarter, I'm sorry, first quarter minutes, of pretty much like the, the last three to four minutes of the first quarter. We've seen the Mavericks really lose leads or get demolished. Um, recently over games, and he looks into lineups and looks into why, because if Luka's going to play the whole first quarter and things like that, you can't be wasting these minutes by putting uh, surrounding him with guys that simply can't score the basketball. Um, Lucas Q wrote a nice piece analyzing the Dallas Mavericks defense while getting quotes from Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic and other players over the last several days, and it's, it's really absolutely worth your time. Um, then ESPN... Uh, you know, put out something about like the 12 players who could win the MVP this year. It's a little bit hyperbolic, but it's looking at MVP, you know, kind of the MVP ladder. There's a spot in there for Luke. Like, Luke is obviously mentioned and the case for him is written up. It's nothing you don't already know, but it's nice to read. Um, then the next thing I wanted to, to uh, draw your attention to was uh, the Step Back podcast, my buddy Dalton Trigg and... His colleague Grant did a podcast on Tuesday uh, that, you know, talks about a number of different things, but also dips into the Rudy Gobert conversation. I'm not really ready to go there yet. I'm still kind of focused on this season, but I can't help but think uh, that Rudy might be one of the first players since I've been here that might like, if Rudy's going to come to Dallas, it's because Rudy wants to come to Dallas. That's why the Mavericks don't really have the picks. The trade stuff's not really there, but it's, it's something really to keep an eye on. Uh, and you know, I'm gonna link to that as well and you should go give it a listen. Um, what's next? Well, let's look around at what happened in the league last night. So the two games that I most paid attention to were the Spurs and the Nuggets and the Grizzlies and the Jazz. So the Spurs pretty much throttled the Nuggets, uh, all game long, came away with like a 19 point lead. The Jazz, uh, rallied back and beat the Grizzlies in overtime, which was a, a pretty shocking 
uh, game by the end of things. It was just seemed like neither team really wanted to win that one. Um, and so how that affects the standings in the Mavericks is the way things are looking right now. The Mavericks are currently fourth. The Utah Jazz are now two games behind the Mavericks with just three games left to play. So it feels pretty likely that the Mavericks are all but locked in to home court advantage. Um, the Denver Nuggets are two and a half games back. They're locked in. They're pretty close to being locked into sixth, but um, there's a chance that the Minnesota Timberwolves could come back, but it's 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 very unlikely. Um, with the Warriors not playing to, uh, last night, it's, it's worth basically paying attention to every Warriors game for the rest of the season. Uh, coming up on, let's see here, coming up on when, uh, a little later tonight, the only games of note past like the Mavericks and Detroit game are, um, don't look like there are any. Uh, let's see. Golden State plays the Lakers on Thursday night, which is interesting. And then who does Golden State play next? Because it's like I'm, we're pretty much paying attention to the Warriors' schedule for the rest of of, of the season. Um, let's see. Here. The Warriors finish up with the Lakers on Thursday night. Then they play the Spurs, who are still fighting for for playing uh, relevance on Saturday, and then New Orleans on Sunday. Which is really quite interesting if you're if you're following um, the standings because you know chasing down there at the bottom of the um, seven eight nine you have Minnesota pretty much locked into seventh if if that's where they stay the Clippers are are basically staying at eight I mean they are staying at eight and then it's New Orleans and the Spurs juggling for nine ten uh, with the Lakers far enough back to where I mean they're two and a half games back with three games to go like it's almost impossible for them to to make it at this point um so it's it's you know the Warriors playing the Pelicans and the Spurs those final two uh those final two games will be pretty important because both those teams are still fighting for seeding um all right, the last thing to take a look at is the Detroit game tonight. And despite the fact that Detroit is well out of the playoffs, they are still feisty as all get out with uh, multiple wins in a row now. They beat the Sixers, they beat the Thunder, they beat the Pacers. Three games in a row at this point in the year is pretty wild for a team that's you know chasing lottery stuff. But, you know, the guys, the guys go out and, and play basketball games. Um Right now, though, heading into the game, Marvin Bagley is listed as out, and he's been pretty helpful for aspects of their resurgence. Rodney Magruder is out, um, and Corey Joseph is also out. But that still means, you know, these guys have you know, Cade Cunningham, who is really, really fun if you've not spent a lot of time watching him. You know, Sadiq Bay is playing really well. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is a full-on lunatic uh, really kind of a, you know, we'd love him if he was in the Mavericks, uh, just because he, he's, he's just kind of an instigator, but that's where we are. So, you know, pay attention to this game later tonight. It'll be worth watching, even though, uh, you know, I, I we'll probably, we might see a scratch or two from the Mavericks. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I bet the Portland game on Friday is going to be, you know, completely different ball game where very few, Ma- you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Luca misses that game for rest, et cetera, but we'll see. Okay, Josh and I will be back later tonight with, uh, you know, post-game coverage. Click through the show notes to access any of the articles or podcasts that I talked about. And everyone have a great Wednesday.